Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information, or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. Jesus said, I came that they might have life and have life in abundance. In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. So this is such an exciting day because today we kick off our annual giving campaign at St. Michael's meaning that for the next four weeks we get to focus on the connection between faith and money in our life. Seems we don't get excited by the same stuff. So that's noted, but if nothing else, I want you to know that I am excited because the Stewardship Commission, we have been hard at work since May planning for this. We've had lots of conversations about what our stewardship theme should be this year. For instance, our business manager, Michael Reeves, he comes from the Southern Baptist tradition. He advocated for what they are doing at their church. I think he said their theme was, hell is hot, give a lot. I had to tell Michael that doesn't really work with the feel of our community. But lots of different ideas and themes were expressed. Some we liked, some we didn't. There was one in particular that was very well-intentioned that a lot of people wanted to do here at St. Michael's, but I don't know, it just didn't really work for me. I'll see what you think about it. It was, I upped my pledge to the church this year, up yours. <laughs> it, Anyway, it just didn't really fully work. So suffice it to say, uh, we couldn't agree on any kind of new theme. So what we decided to do was to stick with what we did last year and to focus on extravagant generosity. And the reason we're going to have extravagant generosity as our stewardship theme once again is for two key reasons. First, we believe that generosity best describes who God is at God's core. As we heard in today's reading from James, every generous act of giving, every perfect gift is from above. Or as we may have read in John 3:16, or if nothing else, seen on a cardboard sign when watching a football game on TV, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that all who believe might have eternal life. For God so loved that God gave. Meaning that generosity, no matter what form it takes, always has roots in the unconditional love of God. That is a foundational belief that we have as Christians but the second reason our theme is extravagant generosity is that we fundamentally believe that we are made in the image of this very generous God and that our call is to reflect this God to the world as we grow into more generous and grateful people. Because in today's gospel, Jesus is clear. He came that we might have life and have life in abundance. The good news of the Christian gospel is that God came 
to offer us life. And so with that said, I want to begin this four-week series with a pretty foundational assertion, which is that you and I have been exposed to two radically different views of what abundant life is and how that life is attained. There is the view that we all inherit from our culture, which would argue that happiness is about growing in an experience of ease and convenience and about taking any measure necessary to hold on to what we possess. And then there's Jesus' view, which would say that only as we let go, that in learning to practice generosity, that then and only then do we start to experience the abundant life that Jesus came to give. Or to put this a little bit differently, the, the message we all absorb through no fault of our own would go something like this. When I have more, then I can be generous. When I have more, I can be generous. But if only for the next four weeks, what we're going to consider together is that just the opposite is true. Namely, that when I begin to practice generosity, then I will have more. More gratitude, more meaning, more peace, more love, more perspective, more friendships, more life. Because again, he came that we might have life and have life in abundance. I came across a story recently about a homeless man in Seattle. The man's name is Kevin Booth. One morning, he was outside the food bank before it opened, and he found a bag with $17,000 cash inside. Quite the find. Uh, he's been homeless for the past seven years, and so suffice it to say, he knew this money would completely change his life, but then he had a thought that this money could also feed a lot of hungry people like himself. And so whenever the food bank opened, he donated the $17,000 to the food bank. Not even $1 was kept for himself. You may know this story. ABC ran a big special on Kevin Booth, and he received all sorts of honorary awards and attention. But what strikes me about this story is what Booth said to reporters when asked why he chose to donate the money. He said, I guess I just want others to know what sort of person I am. Whenever I think about the invitation to become extravagantly generous people, I think about our call to reflect back to the world the generous God in whose image we are made. I think Jesus wants the world to know what sort of people we are. Not in the showy, self-absorbed, egotistical, look-at-me sort of way, but rather in the way Jesus spoke of whenever he looked at his disciples and said, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your generosity and give glory to your Father in heaven. And so with that said, here is the question I'll ask us to pray through this week. 
What would it mean for us to reflect generosity to this world, to have a generosity practice, not to earn anyone's love, but rather as an expression of the deep love we already experience? Because again, our theological foundation is that God so loved that God gave. And so what would it mean for us also to give as an expression of our love? And as you think about that, I want to offer an illustration to take us deeper into this idea. It was about two weeks ago, and my daughter Annie ran up to me with a picture that she had drawn specifically for me. She worked very hard on this. If I recall, it was a picture of a monster floating on a rainbow over a field of ice cream cones. She has a very active imagination. But when she ran up to me, very excited, she smiled from ear to ear and said, Daddy, I drew this for you because I love you so much. And she was so proud and so happy just to give this picture to me. Right? Annie so loved that she gave. Now, sweet as that story is, I think that we need to imagine a different scenario, that this had gone down a little differently with a nervous Annie running up to her dad with a picture, very insecure, and hoping her offering to be good enough. She says to me, Dad, I drew this for you because I'm hoping that you'll really like it and that if you like it enough, that then you will love me. Now, thank God that did not happen, but if it had happened, I would have had to pause and to take my little girl by the shoulders and to look her in the eye and to tell her there is nothing she could ever do to make me love her, that she is my daughter, that my love is a given, that my love will never be taken away, that love is not a reward for generosity. And the reason that is so important to say right off the bat is because there may be a part of you that is wondering, okay, well, I guess I can give or give more, and if I give more, then maybe I'll be good enough for God or good enough for John or good enough for St. Michael's. And to be really, really clear, that is not what this campaign is about, and that is not what we stand for here at this church. Because when we offer our gift to earn God's love, God's going to pause if we can listen, and God will always remind us of that great gospel truth, which is that there is nothing we could ever do to make God love us. We are his daughters. We are his sons. God's love is a given, and God's love will never be taken away. And so what would it mean for us to know that love and for our love to overflow into generosity? For us to be able to say, for St. Michael's so loved that they gave. And so I'm going to end by saying this. A couple days ago, I was making my other daughter KK breakfast. She wanted pancakes, so I gave her the pancakes then she asked for syrup on top of the pancakes, and so I gave her the syrup, and she took the pancakes, and she just licked the syrup off. And so she asked for more syrup. 
so I gave KK some more syrup, and she just licked the syrup off the pancakes. And I have to say, this went on for an embarrassingly long amount of time before I actually caught on to what she was doing. Um, but then I had to explain to my daughter KK that syrup is not a meal. <laughs> that to be nourished, she had to eat the whole pancake. So it's very, very easy, and it's very, very tempting to come to church each week and to just lick the syrup off the pancake. But at some point, if we want to be nourished, if we really want our faith to feed us, the invitation is to swallow the whole pancake and to lean into this idea that generosity and life, that abundance and generosity always go hand in hand. And so as we lean into this conversation for the next couple of weeks about extravagant generosity, I want you to remember the point is not to earn God's love. The point is to experience God's life. For God so loved the world, for God so loved you, that he gave. Amen.